Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. Tonight I want to talk about the most important thing in the world. It is about righteousness. Most important thing in the world. It's about righteousness. And you know why? It's because the kingdom of God, it says in Romans, is not a matter of eating and drinking. But the kingdom of God is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy. The other translation, the Passion says, there's not a matter of drinking and eating of rituals, matter of rules about food and drinks, but it's in the realm of the Spirit. The kingdom of God is in the realm of the Holy Spirit. God is Spirit. And he works in spirit. We have flesh, but he doesn't have flesh. Sure, Christ came and was flesh for a while and was extended. But the thing is, though, the life of God, the life of the spirit, the kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. It's entered into the kingdom of God by the Holy Spirit. You've got to be born of the Holy Spirit to even get into. Jesus says, if you're not born of, again of God, you can't even enter into. You actually can't even see the kingdom of God. If it's not done by the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. And the Holy Spirit then reveals the realities of the kingdom in our lives. What it looks like. It brings us, gives us access to all the things that Jesus has given to us. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And particularly the whole thing of righteousness. Kingdom about righteousness. It is based on righteousness. It flows from righteousness. It functions through righteousness. It's a beautiful word, righteousness. And the reason is because God is so righteous and all life flows from Him. Now, I've got to, I've got to define this word righteous and righteousness because some of you say, man, it's a very big word. Maybe it's a big Christian word. Righteousness and righteous. Let us have a look at it quickly in the dictionary. Here it says, righteous, morally right. Very good. Excellent. Maybe even saintly. Worthy. Just, honest, faultless, innocent, blameless, guiltless, sinless, uncorrupted. That's righteous. God is righteous. That's what He is. Now also righteousness, which is a beautiful word. Righteousness is purity of heart. It's conformity of heart and life in the divine law. It is the perfection or the holiness of God's nature. I suggest that's the main one. God's nature. It's who He is. And of course, also, it is the active and passive obedience to Christ, which is more an activation of this righteousness. Kids, can you be quiet, please, in the back? Righteousness is a beautiful word. I want you to fall in love tonight with righteousness. It is the most powerful word. It describes God. Yes, God is love, but God is righteousness. He is righteous. He also acts righteously. And the reason why he does that is because he is righteous, right? It just flows out of him. Everything that is good comes from righteousness. And that's why in the Bible we see that often the Father and also the Son are described as the righteous ones. The righteous one. He is righteous. I'll say it many times. I want you to dream tonight righteous. Get him talking about righteous the whole time. I can't get away from righteous. Great. I want you to dream about it. And it will follow you. It pursues you every day of your life for the rest of your life. I would love to be so imprinted and so indoctrinated in your life, you can't get away from righteousness. That would be so awesome. If I've done that, I've done my job. Okay? 
So I'm going to keep on saying it the whole night. Righteousness. Righteousness is the foundation of the kingdom of God. It is absolutely beautiful. It is actually the foundation of God's throne. That's how he reigns. You know how I know? Because it says in the Bible. Here we go. Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. And love and faithfulness go before you. And we see, of course, love, faithfulness, all these things all are around the throne of God. They're all the attributes of God. But I want to focus on righteousness because it's such an important one. Because we see here that it's a foundation of his throne. Actually, it says your glorious throne rests on the foundation. So the foundation of his throne, the foundation of his life is righteousness. I'm so glad for one or two people. They've been trained well, Pentecostal churches. So, amen, bless you. Listen, if you're an Anglican, just say something nice to me sometimes. Just agree with God. It's not me, it's the Bible. I'm just a spokesperson, you know. He gave me this message. This is the first one I've ever, ever preached, this particular one. He just gave it to me yesterday. So I thought, this is good. So I'm giving it to you, but it's about him. So just honor him and worship him, right? And just do it together, right? It makes it much faster, and the time goes much faster too, and you have a lot more fun because... Kingdom of God is joy. Yes. You have much more fun, right? You want to have fun in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to have fun in the Holy Spirit. So this is why the psalmist, the psalmist, which is the, the, the people who write the psalms, like David, that's why, what did you think I said? Be quiet. So the thing is, though, I, sometimes my accent gets in the way, you know, and you think like something rude, you know, I say, but I don't say something rude. I'm not a rude person. I'm a godly person. I'm a pastor. So just... Be nice. So, they often celebrate God's righteousness. Look at this one, Psalm 97. The Lord reigns, let the earth be glad, let the distant shores rejoice, which is New Zealand. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Righteousness is the foundation of his throne. It's how he reigns. It's how he rolls. It's how he rock and rolls, right? Jesus is righteous. God is righteous. The Holy Spirit is righteous. What is God? Oh, I'm, you're going to dream about this tonight. I'm going to love it. It says in one, Psalm 145, they talk about they celebrate the abundant goodness of God and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is righteous in 17 in all his ways and faithful in everything that he does. Righteous. The Lord is righteous. Everybody say, the Lord is righteous. The Lord is righteous. It is his nature. It is so beautiful. It is so powerful. Righteousness and goodness are him. It's beautiful. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, we saw this and it's absolutely important. So, righteousness, then we see peace and joy. See, peace and joy always follow righteousness. I'll tell you something else. If you, if you, it's a bit later in my talk, it's about this, but I'm saying it right now because I feel like it. Um, it's because that joy and right, if you, if you live in righteousness, in right being, right doing, right living, you'll actually find more joy. If you struggle with things and you do some things that may be un unrighteous, that just don't fit your life anymore, you actually lose your joy. Right? So to live in pure righteousness to, is living in pure joy. That's why in his presence is fullness of joy. Like 100% joy. It's a bit like Finney and Izzy coming next week. They're like 100%, well, maybe 90%. Joy. 
in them is 100% joy, but you know what I mean? They're learning about joy, but they're joyful people because if you live in righteousness, you will understand joy. If you want joy, if you want peace, understand righteousness. It's a big word, I know, but I want you to dream about it, live about it, work from it, live from it for the rest of your life. So I'm going to give it to you one way or another. The only way you're not going to get it if you walk out right now. Now, I'm not offended if you walk out. You can go. Almost, right? It's just too good, you know. It's too good. Too good. You can't go. It can't go. Now, why it is so amazing, why I say this to you tonight, why it is so important to have a revelation about how awesome God is and how righteous He is, is because you, if you're a Christian, are born of the same righteousness. Now, we just talked about God, right? We talked about how awesome He is and all this kind of stuff. Now, the thing what I want you to get is that's what He has infused in you when you were born again by His Holy Spirit. When you were born from incorruptible seed, His seed, which is 100% holy joy, peace, righteousness, joy, everything. It's like a baby. When you have a baby, it's born of you. It's got all your DNA, right? When we're born of God, we've got His DNA. So you have been made righteous. Not only righteous, the same righteousness in your born-again spirit. Now, that's amazing. <laughs> I want you to get so excited about this. First about how amazing he is, but then how amazing you are made in him. Because you're made in his image. This is the most powerful thing. The most powerful thing that you will ever understand. And you need to get it. Because it will empower you for life. It will make you a happy Christian. And I'm sick and tired of depressed Christians. Not that they're in this church. But just when I go around the world, you know, I see sometimes you meet you know, depressed Christians. Not at Harmony. It's not possible to be a depressed Christian in this place. How on earth can you be depressed in this place? It's not possible, you know. Now, I'll tell you something. That is the good news, right? That we have been given, and we'll talk about it in a minute, about this gift of righteousness. Now, the thing is, though, that stands in contrast, though, of the bad news. Because there was a time that we did not have the righteousness of God, right? You believe me? Okay, let's read the bird. Let's go back to the Bible. Here we go. This is what it says in Romans 3.10. In the morning services, I've done the series the last three weeks. So you're getting kind of the, the summary of the best points of the series, okay? By the way, there's an app. Do you know that? There's an app. Uh, podcast, so you can always listen. If you go to the evening service, but you can never hear anything in the morning, a lot of good things are said in the morning. Yeah. See, I preach more in the morning than in the evening. And so it's good to get good stuff. So have a podcast and listen to it, or listen on the, on the, um, on the website. Yeah. It's really awesome, because you catch, you catch all the stuff that we as Harmony do together, right? Because we want you at morning and evening things. So, Romans, <clears throat> look at this, Romans 3.10. This is where there's a big problem, and this is the problem of humanity. There's no one righteous, says God, not even one. Bummer. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They've all together become worthless. There's no one who does good, not even one. Now, that's pretty bad. Right? There's no one who will enter to heaven. You can't be close to God because he's holy. If you're unholy, you're stuffed, right? That's a real problem right here. So, but then the good news is that Jesus did something about it. He became bad for us that we can be good in him. Amen? We receive his goodness. He receives my badness. Put it on the cross. Ticket to the grave. Rose up in victory. And we receive his goodness, right? 
His righteousness, his peace, his joy, all this stuff, right? That's so awesome. So the good news we see in chapter 5, there's two chapters later, because then it talks about the gift of righteousness. For if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, there's Adam and Eve, for those of you who don't go to church, remember Adam and Eve did something wrong, ate the apple, disobeyed God, sin entered into the world, right? That's what they're talking about here. So here, for if by the trespass of the one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, and we see it all around in the world, all around us, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness. Everybody say gift of righteousness. It's a gift of righteousness. Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. When you're a Christian, you have received the gift of righteousness. In Romans 8, a few more chapters, it's the gift of no condemnation. And the reason why you have to receive the gift of no condemnation is because you're righteous. You can't be condemned anymore. Jesus was punished for you, so you will not be punished again. You are unpunishable as a Christian. That's awesome. I know, you're very excited. Some of you are warming up. There's about 10 of you. Unpunishable. This is what it says in the other translation, the Passion. And this free-flowing gift imparts to us much more than was given to us in the one who sinned, which is Adam again, Adam and Eve. For because of one transgression which they did, we are all facing a death sentence. That's pretty bad, isn't it? With the verdict of guilty. But, I love this but in the Bible. But this gracious gift leaves us free from many, many failures and brings us into the perfect righteousness of God. Say it together. The perfect righteousness of God. We're not talking about God now, but we are talking about God. That the perfect righteousness is in you. The one of God is now in you. You've been given this righteousness. When I go to America and preach this in Holland, they stand on the chairs by now because they get so, I know it's a bit like Christchurch, a little bit like, you know, English and proper, you know, you've got to stay seated, you know, you can't rock the boat. Oh, I'm so excited about this. This is so amazing. Come on, guys. Who gets this? We do. It's amazing. Gracious gift of God acquitted with the words not guilty. Well, that's good. Not guilty. And then it says here, death once held it us in its grip by the blunder of this one man, Adam. What a stupid man. Death reigned as king over humanity, but now how much more are we held in the grip of grace, continuing reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Isn't it amazing? Well done. Isn't it amazing? Come on, we're on death row, you know. And Jesus comes, the perfect one. He says, I'll give my life. He says, Daddy, send me. And the sin of the whole world was put on him. The unrighteousness, the righteous for the unrighteous, the perfect Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. God knew all about it. He already planned this before time began. He saw it all because he knows the end from the beginning. And he gives Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. And so we are held in this grip of grace, which is the gift of righteousness. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. We just get to get it. We get to receive it. Isn't it amazing? I mean, it, it astounds me, astounds me every time I talk about it, every time I read it. It never becomes tired. This is just amazing. And through this gift of righteousness, you will reign 
in life. It says there, you will reign in life. It is so important. But you need to receive this before you start to reign in life. And so the, the same way that God, as a foundation of his throne, in the same way that righteousness, that he empowers the world, that everything that he does come from his righteousness, in the same way that it flows out of him. So now, in the same way, now we as Christians, if you're not a Christian yet, you can become one this night. Please do so. So cool. And then, then from this thing, now you start also, at the same as God lives from this righteousness, you start living from this righteousness. Yeah. And it's really empowering. Yeah. It is really powerful in our lives. And this gives us the authority. You know, kingdom, reign, all these kind of words are all about authority. Your authority lies in the gift of righteousness. It gives you authority. It's very, very powerful. So we need to know about this gift in our lives. Amen? Amen. Now, why is it so important? See, because we don't have to become or do something that we're not. See, if you have to become or work or do something that you're not yet, then, then you have to work for it. Right? Then you have to start working for, i got to get to that place of righteousness, of holiness, or whatever it is that you're going to, this behaviorism type thing. And you got to go to this place. i got to get better. i got to get rid of this. i got to get rid of this. i got to get better. Then that is done. But that is not what the Bible talks about. That's not what the gift of righteousness is all about. Yeah. It is not becoming something you're not, but it's living from something that you are. Yeah. It is living from this new identity in Jesus Christ, and it's blimmin' awesome. It is just absolutely powerful in our lives. And in the same way that righteousness flows out of God in every way, so in, out of our lives, righteousness can flow in every way out of our lives. But I want you to see that it starts with righteousness, not something we go to. It's something we flow from. And that's why it's so empowering in your life. It's very, very powerful. Are you convinced yet? Now, in Romans 12, a bit later, therefore, that's why it says now, now you've got to renew your mind because you've got, you've got to start believing this stuff. If you don't believe this stuff, it's not going to help you, is it? Right? That's why it says in Romans 12, 1, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, we just talked about this stuff, his mercy, his grace, his salvation, the gift of righteousness, in view of all this stuff that I've given to you, now offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What he said in Romans 1 to 11, he built the foundation of righteousness. The same righteousness that God has, has now been put into your life. He just talks about it all the time. Every epistle in the Bible, you read it. Every epistle that Paul talks about, every epistle that's in the New Testament, you see that the first half is always about identity. Who you are in Christ. And then it always goes at the end, okay, how shall we now then live because of that? It's not the other way around. The church is off to go the other way around. You go into behaviorism. We start at the end of the Bible. And then we work our way back to huh, trying to get into righteousness. But we fail because we can't do it. It won't work. It was never meant to work that way. That's why it says chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 like that and not the other way around. Right? So here we see in 1 to 11, we see the foundation of righteousness that he put into our lives. This is so important in our lives. And he says, now from this place, you are going to live. And then we see all these chapters about behavior and how things are married. All kinds of stuff now. But it comes from that. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Amen? Amen. Woo, I'm getting excited about this stuff. Yeah. 
So powerful. That's why righteousness empowers. Righteousness empowers. Everybody say righteousness empowers. See, it empowers you when you know that you are fully accepted, fully loved, fully forgiven, fully righteous, fully holy, fully awesome, fully everything. That's what God wants you to feel because you are that way. You are a son and a daughter of the living God. You are absolutely awesome. And we have to learn to believe that. That's why he said, renew your mind because sometimes our carnal mind can't get this. We've got to see with spiritual eyes, your mind of Christ has been placed into your belly. You know, Jesus talked about, I'll explain it for a moment. Do you have time? I have time. For a moment, because I haven't said it in the evening service. It's so important, guys. When you get born again, your Holy Spirit comes into your life, right? It's, it's, they say it's behind here. It's behind your belly button. I call it behind my belly button. Jesus said to the woman, well, he says, the water I give you is eternal life, but it says waters of living water will flow from your innermost being, from your belly, it says. Well, that's my belly, right? And so in the same way that, that our belly button was attached to our mama, life-giving, in the natural. Now, we are attached to the Father, the Holy Spirit, in our belly button. There's a spirit. That's why often, if you feel stuff in the spirit, feel stuff in God, often it starts to roam in here. <laughs> You're looking like me, like, you know, what's this crazy person? <laughs> You're like, this, this, look at your belly button. Serious, it's beautiful. You know? It's beautiful. You got an innie or outie or whatever. I don't care what you have, but it's not that one. It's not the natural one. It's actually the one inside. There's a river. There's a river flowing behind. It's living water. It's your attachment to God. It's where you are perfect. When you're born again, you are perfectly righteous through God. And then the Holy Spirit, and together you're one forever. That's why you already live in heavenly places. Because that lives in heaven. It lives with God. It is with God. We still struggle sometimes with our flesh and some of our minds, some of the thoughts of our past. You got to renew your mind. To see who you really are because you're a spirit and you have a body and you have a soul. But you are a spirit. God is spirit. He deals with you in spirit. Anyway, that's extra. We've got to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Because righteousness will walk, into, will walk you into right living, right believing, right feeling, right everything. It comes from that. Don't build it up. It flows from this when you really get it and when you really understand this stuff. And this is so important. That's why we have to have a revelation of righteousness. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Are you getting it? Yeah. Are you getting it? Very important. Now in Titus, it talks about this. It says, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Now salvation is the stuff about you know, salvation, actually sozo, which means healed, saved, delivered. It's the salvation, the grace of God, the righteousness of God, the gift of God, the gift of righteousness. All that beautiful stuff is in salvation, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. It's that kind of thing, right? So it's salvation, salvation of God. So he says, uh, salvation, the grace of God, because he offers salvation, and it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Now, it's very interesting that the last, word, last sentence, eager to do what is good. Now, what is that? 
What, what is eager to do what is good? It's your new spirit. It's your new creation, born again, new nature spirit. It desires to do good because why? Because it is completely righteous and so it wants to express itself in righteousness. It looks like Jesus, so it wants to do like Jesus. So you start walking like Jesus, right? That's what it says, I'm eager to do right. But the thing is, there's still temptations around us. Yeah? And so we see here that it says, this grace has appeared to us and it teaches you to say no. What about no we don't get? So I'm yelling now. What about no? What about no? I said this morning in the service, I said, you know, we wanted to have this video and we still didn't do it this afternoon because I was having a little sleep. You did it? You know, we saw this videos. Kath and I was just laughing. I had of last night in bed. We were watching this videos about. I said, show me some videos about one to two year olds, one to three year olds who say no to their parents. You know, Johnny, go to the back. No, go through this thing. No, you know, just tell no, no, you know, because it's funny, really, because I think God put it there. See, I think we try to get it out of them. You know, be obedient. No. See, we say that, but I, I think it's something godly about it. I'll tell you why. Because I think it's something right now that God put into babies already right from the beginning to learn to say no to ungodliness. Now we know that they're a little bit rebellious little kids, but they don't know the difference between good and bad, do they? They say no all the time. Right? Well, yes or no? No, it's funny. No, no. So the thing is, though, no. Why don't you understand about no? We just say No. Because righteousness says no to unrighteousness because it hates it. It hates unrighteousness. It hates ungodliness. You say no. This is how you deal with temptation. This is how you deal with things that come to our lives. The Bible calls it sin, kind of missing the mark. So God's got this perfection. Everything operates perfectly. That's called sin. See, if you, if you do something wrong, you go into the sin bin. Old blacks. You know? It's amazing that they call the sin bin, really. It's amazing, isn't it? The Christian term, isn't it really? Sin bin. Because you've done something wrong, right? Not totally right. You didn't play it fairly. That's why it's a sin bin, right? And so there's, there's sin, there's stuff that doesn't... Is my, I'm not talking about only about lust of the flesh or sexual things. I'm talking about also about things that unbelief, you know, and you knew something you should have done and you didn't do it. Or any, anything that falls short of this rightness, this bullseye of, of rightness, you know? Right? That's what we're talking about right now. Now, the key to dealing with this thing is not to say no to this problem. But it says yes to righteousness. I'll, I'll do an example. If you have no money and you feel like I'm going to steal because I need some money, I'm going to steal. Now, the way you say no to not doing that is actually first to say yes to somebody else. Yes to your new nature. Yes to, hey, I have become righteous, right? I'm a new creation, God is my provider, so I say yes to righteousness, I say yes to him, and then you say, that's why I say no to stealing, because I'm going to trust God. Now the hard one, pornography. As a pastor, I deal with a lot of stuff. Most guys, 90% of the guys have struggled with this sometime in my life. I have, probably you have too, and 10% are lying. <laughs> particular guys, girls do too, but particular guys because it's so visual. And the thing is, though, when I had this problem 20 years ago, I tried to get rid of it, right? In the sense of I tried to just stop it by saying no to it, you know? But the thing is, though, just saying no to it, there's no power in just saying no. Because actually what it is, is actually behaviorism. You try to change a behavior. 
The thing what you need is not a behavior, it's a revelation. You need to have a revelation how awesome you are, how righteous you are, how beautiful you are, how holy you are. Remember over here? And because of that, you say no. Now that helped me to get out of it. It will help you to get out of it. And any other things that you struggle with, you say no by saying yes. You say no by saying yes. You say no to ungodliness by saying yes to godliness and to yes to righteousness. It is living from a completely different place and it is so powerful. That's why in 2 Corinthians talk about this. He says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. What does that mean? It means like if there's thoughts in your life that don't belong in your life, they're not godly. When you have those thoughts, you make them obedient to what? To Christ. To the knowledge of Him. What is the knowledge of Him? It's the knowledge of His holiness, His righteousness. That's how it works. That's how it's supposed to be, right? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be very clear. Very, I know it's very simple. I get it. But I want you to make sure that you really get it, okay? And so you make sure. And you say, hey, this does not belong to it. I take captive this thought and make it obedient to Christ. And it's gone. Right. That's how you deal with temptation. When the world comes at you, even when your flesh is screaming yes, you say no. But not because... The flesh is willing here, not because of that. It's because you are so awesome in God. This does not believe belong into your life. And that's how you deal every problem in this area. That's why righteousness is the foundation of his throne. That's why righteousness is the foundation of your throne. That's why it says here the gift of righteousness helps you to reign in life. Believe me, in every area of your life, it will help you. When you get this revelation, and that's why I'm so, I'm so, ah, I'm so excited and so passionate about this thing. Amen? Amen? See, the whole thing of sinning or anything, temptation, it's all a mind problem. Who do you think you are is my question. Wow. Who do you think you are? Wow. Who do you think you are? And if you think right, it will really help you. Because you, you, you will renew your mind and you will start to see yourself, how God sees you and how God made you. And you will start to change. It is so incredibly powerful in your life. You know, I've seen this change in my life over the last 10 years or so. No, it's not true. Six years. Of, of kind of going from this kind of sin consciousness, this kind of behavior consciousness, to son consciousness, Jesus Christ consciousness, righteousness consciousness. I have seen the change in my life. And it has saved me on many occasions. Because that's how it works. See, the church, the wider church, is so stuck in a performance Christianity. So stuck in a performance Christianity, and we have completely missed the boat. We have promoted a sin consciousness, kind of a behavior, obsessed with behavior. you got to do right. you got to live right. Because if the, people, if you're not a Christian, right? If, if, if somebody asks you in the world tomorrow at work, if they look at you and say, what does it mean to be a Christian? They'll probably say, oh, to be a good person, good person, or, or morally right or something, right? Something about Christianity, you've got to do something right, right? Now, of course, it's true. But the thing is, though, they see it as a behavior thing, a behavioral thing. The thing is, though, and here we have put the, ex, the accent and the, the emphasis, but we should have had the emphasis on here, what you are already in this way. Because then this does not become a try-hard of becoming this thing, because, but you are already, you know what I mean, right? So, I try, so it's very important that we understand this. It's really the opposite. 
Because if you work from this behaviorism, then it's this law-based thing. The law, you know, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. You can't. Like that stuff all the time. But what happens is it says in Romans that the power of sin is in the law. Right? So we're stuffed. It doesn't work. That's what Christ says. I'm the end of the law. I'm the fulfillment of the law in you. I have now fulfilled the law. You are free from the law because now you've got a new law of love. It is this love of righteousness, of perfect love in your life. And perfect love will never do something wrong. It's true. That's how you have marriages. That's why Catherine and I are still married right now. <laughs> Serious, we wouldn't be married if we didn't know this. I was too selfish. And so was she. Serious. But when we start to see who each other is in Christ, then we could really love each other. We could serve one another, lay our lives down for each other. But you can only do that when you really understand righteousness and the perfect love of God. Otherwise, it's a try harder. And people are trying failing the whole time because you can't do it you're not made for this way you're made for this right it's a new day wow we see in hebrews 5 talks about this stuff you know i'm going to go a whole thing but it's just a beautiful line in here because the time is, is running out but but it's a beautiful line in this thing i want you to see what what the hebrews are talking about he says by this time they talk about that you should you should have been teachers of the word of of, of the word right now teachers of of the fullness of the and, and not go again over the things of it says about the elementary not in this translation but in the other nrv translation it talks about the elementary thing of faith and of repentance basically of coming to christ He's talking here about the situation that they're so immature. They're still looking at the whole thing of repenting again and going back. He says, you totally missed the boat. You did that when you come to Christ. You do this and you're saved and you have become righteousness of God. But now you've got to go into solid food. The solid food are for the mature. And what does it say about solid food? Verse 13, for every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet what? Pierced by the revelation of righteousness. They don't get righteousness yet. They're not beautiful, isn't it? Pierced by the revelation of righteousness. I want you to be pierced by the revelation of righteousness. And it's amazing kind of play on words here that, of course, Jesus Christ was pierced for our transgressions. It says in Isaiah 53. His hands were pierced. His feet were pierced for us. The righteous Jesus Christ for the unrighteous were worth. And then this wonderful exchange happens. He gives us our righteousness. He takes our shame, our unrighteousness, and he gives us his righteousness. That's the gospel, right? But pierced. I want you to have a revelation of how pierced you are of, with righteousness. It is so incredibly beautiful in your life. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, it says that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will be added unto you. Kingdom, righteousness, empowers you for everything else in your life. Let's stand together. I want to say again the other, Titus now in the Passion Translation. I want to finish with this. The band come up. Look at this, guys. Look at the screen right now. This is the same scripture, but it's so beautiful. Look at this. God's marvelous grace has manifested in person in Jesus Christ, bringing salvation for everyone, right? Salvation, grace, Righteousness, peace, joy, all these things that Jesus gave us. This same grace, it teaches us how to live each day as we turn our backs on ungodliness and indulgent lifestyles and it equips us to live self-controlled, upright, 
righteous, if you like, godly lives in this present age. For we continue to look forward to the joyful fulfillment of our hope in the dawning splendor of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Anointed One. He sacrificed himself for us, that he might purchase our freedom from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people who are his very own. If you don't get excited about this, I don't know, you're not alive. I hope you are alive. Passionate to do what is beautiful in his eyes. You know why you, are, why you are passionate to do everything that is beautiful in His eyes? It's because you have become, you are so beautiful to me. Da-da-da. Beautiful love song. But that's the love song, very high I know, very love song that Christ, Jesus Christ sings over you. You are so beautiful. And because you are so beautiful, so righteous, so beautiful as a son and a daughter of God, that's why we are passionate about doing beautiful things. It is natural. It is an effortless flow out of our lives into the world, into your life, into your marriage, into your work, into your brain, into everything. This is the gospel. This is the gospel 101. Bible College 101. First day. This should be taught everywhere as 101 because everything else in life flows from this truth amen now i want i want you all to close your eyes let's bow your head for a moment because there may be some people in this room here and you say man i actually don't have this righteousness yet i know i'm still dead on the inside i know myself i have really not received the gift of righteousness that Jesus Christ bought for me. He went to the cross for you. This is the Son of God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And He went to this cross and He took our unrighteousness. He took our sin. He took everything that missed the mark. And He took it with Him into the grave. And then He victoriously rose again in freedom and righteousness and beauty to give us this beautiful gift of righteousness to become a son and a daughter of God. You say, Gideon, I I need this tonight. I want to be righteous. I want to be righteous. I want to be a son. I want to be a daughter.